Hi there. You're listening to the monthly podcast coming from the digital coaches of the Denver Public Schools MyTech program. MyTech is DPS's one-to-one Chromebook program for students at 14 middle and high schools. We're in year one of a three-year mission to get technology in the hands of every student. And if you're wondering what a digital coach is, we'll explain that too. Digital coaches connect the potential of education technology to the reality of the classroom so that all DPS students have both the access and opportunity to use technology meaningfully. Digital coaches support each of the 14 MyTech schools and they have a simple yet critical role to support teachers in leveraging technology to impact instruction. In this podcast, we'll tell the stories of transformational instruction happening right now in our MyTech schools. My name is Steve Holtz-Russell and I'm the lead digital coach for the program and host of this podcast. I'm here with Robbie Makeley, digital coach for Skinner Middle School, and Megan McEwen, a language arts and creative writing teacher here at Skinner. Robbie and Megan are here to share about the great things teachers and students at Skinner are doing with technology. So Robbie and Megan, uh, welcome to the show. How's the one-to-one program going here at Skinner? It's been awesome. It's been going really well. It's been really awesome to see all the different um, implementations we can do with the kids with technology. So, uh, Megan, can you talk a little bit about uh, what you teach and, um, and which grade you teach and kind of what does it look like here at Skinner for you? So I'm primarily a seventh grade language arts teacher. I also teach a creative writing class and a student leadership class. Um, so we use technology in all of those classes in very different capacities, which has been cool to experiment with, with all the different types of technology that we have. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, can you talk a little bit about what it means to be a digital coach here at, at Skinner? So at Skinner, I have the amazing opportunity to support teachers as they are teaching and using the Chromebooks. So I, um, specific to Megan, what I've been able to do is start at the planning session with an end goal in mind, and then going backwards design from there and planning the different activities that the kids will do, like checkpoints almost of what the kids will do. And be very strategic in how we're going to teach this unit. How did you guys connect? Uh, How how did that collaboration start? So Robbie had been at Skinner giving us um, professional development trainings, and I had originally reached out to her um, in order to create a blog with my creative writing class. I wanted um, an opportunity for them to create their work, or to publish their work, excuse me. So I sought out Robbie for that assistance and she was able to show me a different way to go about that project. So, and since then, we I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but we've created that website and we've also connected a lot about other technology opportunities with the kids. So we work a lot together now. Right, to add on to that, so part of the digital coach role is um, co-planning and co-teaching. So as we got into the development of this blog, which turned out to be a Google site, we then took the, that unit and turned it into the next unit. We were able to attack it from two different veins. You were teaching the content. I was helping differentiate for some of the learners who were ready to make their website more vibrant and more exciting. And so some of those kiddos were able to add screencasts of their writing. That was pretty cool. And what was really awesome is we didn't create the Google site. The kids created the Google site. Mm -hmm. So we introduced the concept to the kids, and Robbie had all of the tools to walk them step-by-step through the project, which is amazing because 
kids are learning and creating, and a lot of them you realize are already very skilled in technology. And creating Google Sites is so easy, which I wouldn't have known before talking with Robbie. So the kids were able to get the hang of it really quickly. So we created a site, and each kid has a different page where they then upload the different work that they complete. And it's very simple for them to upload their work because so much of it is created on Google Sites already, so on Google Drive, Google Docs. So it's super simple for them to then upload all of their work. Yeah, and Robbie, is that the thinking around the the choice of using Google Sites as the, as the medium was just because it integrated so well with the work the students were already doing, or? That's exactly right. We I was really purposeful to find a tool that kids could intuitively take over and do on their own. It sounds like you said students picked up on it uh, pretty quickly, Megan. Um, had any of them ever worked with Google Sites before? I don't think any of them had specifically worked with Google Sites. There were a few of them that had worked with Wix or Weebly. It was one of the first questions we asked them. And then some of those students because they already were familiar with creating websites in some capacity, were then able to help other students. But I think what also just amazed me was so few kids had experience creating Google Sites or creating any websites, and they all got the hang of it very quickly. Mm -hmm. How how long did it take to get this up and running? Right away, we had kids create pages and upload something they had already done, and then I clicked publish. So I'd say after two lessons, we were able to get it up and running. Wow. So we're talking about, like, less than two periods of, of class and students are creating spaces that for themselves where they're sharing their own work and that they're doing that through the ease of this tool. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I find really interesting about this project uh, personally, and I'm, I'm wondering if other people might too, is what's the appeal of publishing student work from your perspective as an educator and then thinking about from the perspective of students as well? So this is my third year with a break from last year teaching a creative writing class. So as soon as I knew we were getting the technology, I wanted to use that meaningfully to publish student work. So obviously there's ways to publish without using technology, but I thought that would be a really great addition to that creative writing class. And I think it creates obviously a more authentic audience for the kids to publish to. And we've posted it on the Skinner website. I don't know how often people are going to that website, but I think it gives the kids a bit more pride in their work when they're actually publishing on a platform that they know anybody can go to. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Robbie. So originally, when you came to me, your goal was to give our Skinner scholars a voice. And um, a blog, for sure, is a way to give kids a voice. And through some conversations and some probing, you were able to let me know that the kids really needed an authentic place that they could own that would enable them the chance to spread their wings so much as a creative writer and to post it for the world. It's a great opportunity for them to share it far and wide. So so you both have mentioned this notion of authenticity. What impact does that have on the students' learning? I think when they know it's going to an authentic audience, they take more care with their work. They take more time revising their work. When it's just for them, they're not as sensitive to who's going to read it. And so they don't take as much time on really perfecting their work. 
And even when it's just given to a teacher as a grade, I think as much as kids are motivated by grades, they are motivated a little bit more to take more time with producing a great product when they know that other people are going to be reading it. Awesome. So Robbie, I know for you, um, this is a kind of project that you've done with a, with a few teachers. What does that authenticity mean to you in terms of its importance? I do know that our learners will be our, are our future leaders. And it's really exciting to give them some skills that can transfer over to maybe some self-advocacy or some things that may not necessarily fall into the realm of the classroom. Megan, could you tell us a little bit about some of the uh, student work that has been published by the students? Yeah, so students have published mostly the work that we've done specifically in class. So we've had a range of assignments. We started with a fractured fairy tale, and we've also done a scary story around Halloween time. We've done a poetry unit, and most recently we created a children's story, which they also used a different website to create. So kids have posted some of that work on the website, I give them a bit of freedom with how much they want to post on the website. And then some kids also have posted some of their own free rights that they've done in class. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What's a fractured fairy tale? That sounds very interesting. A fractured fairy tale is when you take a popular fairy tale and kind of turn it on its head. So you might change you might tell it from the perspective of the villain, Ooh. or you might make it a modern day fairy tale. Um, so it was a really fun project. So kids brainstormed what they wanted their fairy tale to be and then how to then go about changing that fairy tale. Great. So you mentioned uh, that the students were doing a children's story project uh, most recently. Uh, what, what did that look like? And uh, maybe you could share a couple examples of that. Absolutely. So we started that project by just talking about what makes a children's story. We looked at several examples before students then had the opportunity to brainstorm and come up with their own children's stories. Then the other cool thing about that was we used technology for them to publish their children's stories. So they had a choice of using Google uh, Slides to create their stories, or we found two different websites, storyboardthat.com and storybirdthat.com. I showed them all of the websites, and they were able to use the one that they found most appealing or the most accessible. And we were just finishing up that project, and kids produced some really great work. One kid told a story about women's rights and how um, a girl was very frustrated with what was going on in the world, so she advocated for more rights. So she kind of told a historical story about when about women fighting for more rights. Another kid told a story about how his best friend was a rusty metal bucket. So he told the story about um, a little boy who didn't have a lot of friends, but he had a friend who was a rusty metal bucket, and then it ended with meeting another friend whose best friend was a rusty metal shovel. It was just a cute, quirky story. I love the uh, the rusty metal bucket. That sounds that sounds adorable. Uh, I'll have to look at that one later. Uh, Robbie, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, let me let me add in. So one of the um, one of the components of the digital coach is that all along there was some support. For example. Megan and I looked at the curriculum and the standards and from there uh, created a graphic organizer that she shared with the school's LMS. And the students were able to critically analyze different children's books. K 
Can you add on to that? What were some of the other things that we worked on together before we got to the final project? We created um, a few other documents. Even more kids were just working on their do nows and their exit tickets for the day. We made that digital. Um, so kind of the day's lesson was just all in one spot. They started with a do now and then they moved into their brainstorm um, and then their exit ticket for the day. So it was just all lived on one Google Doc. Um, so we made several of those for the days leading up to when they were actually writing their children's stories. And we did that for analyzing the children's stories for their own brainstorm and then for their draft. We even created that to be on a more digital platform as well. So everything that students were doing leading up to actually producing the story was done digitally. So talk a little bit more about uh, the digital nature of the project. What, what was the what was really the appeal? You mentioned earlier that you could publish in a variety of ways that don't necessarily involve uh, putting it on the web or you know using computers. Uh, so talk more about like what was the importance of the digital aspect of that. Partially, they have the tools, and I like to use them as much as possible. Um, I found that, especially in that creative writing class, kids really love to use the Chromebooks to write. The other appeal was I actually had found the website storybird.com first before I even came up with the idea to do children's stories. And that's a website where the art is created for you, and then kids kind of put the words to the art. In a writing class, when I told a lot of them we were doing the children's stories, they then initially freaked out about drawing. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason to do it online. And we've found several different ways that they can bring images into their stories without drawing it by hand. So it allowed the kids to use the technology. It allows them to explore several different websites and then take away that fear of drawing the images themselves. Yeah, it's almost like there's a there's sort of an accessibility component to this that some students feel more comfortable drawing than others, and this allows them to express their creativity without having to worry about that particular component. Yes, absolutely. And adding on one thing, so bringing us back to the Google site and having each learner having his or her own personal page, we can now take our Storybird or our digital product and post it for the world. I think a lot of times our teachers are doing amazing projects, posting and having learners create and publish amazing products, but they often live on that product's website and don't get posted. And so in this through this collaboration, our students, Skinner Scholars, were able to post their product in the Google site for the whole world to see. This is great. I'm curious what's next. What's the next project you guys are collaborating on? We actually already have one in the works. The, the next project the kids will be working on is kind of a photo story similar to a Humans of New York story. Okay. There will be a few different parts to that project, but immediately when I knew that I wanted to do that with the kids, I was like, well, how can we do it digitally? Robbie showed me a couple of different websites we can use to even make it without using Instagram itself. We wanted to create something that looked like that without using the website. Due to social media restrictions uh, yeah. for students? Or? The age yeah. of our learners. That some makes sense. of them are as young as 11. So this allows them to explore some of those uh, uh, media more safely uh, rather than having thrust them into uh, those social media spheres. Right. Last question for you. 
what has it been like to be able to work with Robbie on this or, or to have a digital coach uh, as a part of the project? I can't express enough how helpful having a digital coach has been. I knew when we were getting the MyTech um, that I wanted to use technology. I had learned about different websites, but when the year started, it's so easy to, to quickly not have the time to be exploring other websites. So having Robbie here has helped me immensely, exposing me to different websites I never would have known about, even having her co-teach with me. She's helped me create the lessons for the kids. So I come up with the ideas and the content, and Robbie kind of helps me create that digitally. And she's shown me so many things that I would not have been able to use with the kids. And after creating the website with the creative writing kids, I immediately wanted to create a website with my leadership students as well. So that became our next project. And it's been really amazing to have access to so many different websites that I would not have known about. It's so cool to hear how the uh, the work that you're doing in one class can then cascade into other classes and, and uh, help build the capacity for those students in, in their learning as well. That's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to learn from Megan, she will be teaching at the DPS Summit. The DPS Tech Summit on yes. April 28th. She's going to be offering this turnkey. She'll be teaching teachers how to make Google Sites. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Megan, thank you very much for uh, taking the time. I know you're a full-time teacher, and, and this is uh, it, it takes a lot to come carve out the time for this kind of conversation, so we really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm happy to talk about it. Robbie, any last words? I love my job. I love working with Megan, and it's amazing to watch what our scholars can do. All right. Uh, that's it for this episode of the MyTech Digital Coach podcast. My thanks to Robbie Makeley, the digital coach for Skinner Middle School, and uh, many thanks to Megan McEwen, the creative writing and language arts teacher here at uh, Skinner Middle School as well. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will talk to more digital coaches and more teachers at, at, at our other MyTech schools to talk about the great things that are going on with the leveraging of technology to impact instruction. Thanks.